Welcome to a new episode of Big Sister Conversations. I'm your host, Eniola. Addiction is not a word you hear so frequently in Christian circles, and I get it. It's completely weird to mention stuff like pornography, erotica, alcoholism, masturbation, or even drugs around your Christian friends. After all, you're saved, sanctified, probably belong to a service unit, you're regular in church, and of course, you're full of the Holy Ghost. So why would you struggle with such shameful things? Why would you even talk about them? Those kind of things are better left behind closed doors, in the dark, forgotten, and never to be mentioned. But before we get into today's conversation, I want to invite you to subscribe to my podcast so that you can be notified every time I release a new episode. I also want to invite you to be a part of the community by subscribing to my newsletter called Keeping It Real. I send encouraging and personal emails every month to keep you hopeful and inspired. You can find the link in the description section. Nobody sets out to have an addiction. Addictions develop because of a protracted exposure to dangerous habits, mindsets, or concepts. So you could have started with one sip. You're just curious. I want to know what it tastes like. Or one puff. What's it like to get high? You know, besides just one puff, I won't get high. (laughs) Or maybe it's one erotic text or one spicy movie scene. And then, you know, all of a sudden it has planted seeds in your mind. And funny thing, you're not even out to get all of these things in your mind. Maybe you're just watching a nice movie and then it has a, a really spicy scene in it. And, you know, you will not skip it now. It's part of the movie. <laughs> and then months, years down the line, you look back and somehow you realize you're struggling with a shameful habit. Here's my story. So I was addicted to masturbation and pornography for a long time. And it started with coming across erotic materials on the internet. Then I got curious and I wanted to, you know, check out videos as I grew bolder. It's not just enough to read. It's not just enough to, to, to like, see pictures. Let's, let's see how they do it. <laughs> and then eventually, I wanted to experiment some of the things I had learned on myself. And that's the thing with addiction. It usually just starts from a place of curiosity. And then you grow bolder and then you move to experimenting. Next thing you know, you are struggling to break free. So, yeah, that basically began a long journey of being addicted for me. I was already saved, but at that point in my life, I was far away from God. I had strayed so far. So, if you've heard me, if you're a regular listener you know that i've mentioned my salvation story in bits and pieces i got saved when i was eight but i did not really understand what it meant and i just walked away and just forgot entirely about it but god is so good that he remembered the decision i made that day and he continued to chase me down and then 10 years later i began to live in the consciousness of who i had become that day so yeah, I began to retrace my steps back to God at 18. I was in my second year in university. And so when I became a, well, I was already a believer, but when I became more conscious of who I was in Christ at the time, I knew masturbation had to go, pornography had to go. And even though like watching them and doing all of that stuff made me feel good, like it was nice in the moment, I didn't like the way I felt afterwards. I felt dirty, shameful, and, you know, 
horrible after like gosh even though it was like like i said it was nice in the moment but like after a few minutes it's just oh my god what have i done i'm so filthy it was it was that kind of struggle for me so i wanted to quit but i was too far gone and i was too ashamed to speak up and let people know about my struggle because i was newly in a christian circle and we were not having those kinds of conversations our conversations were mostly around oh i'm struggling to pray uh i'm struggling to fast um i'm thinking of joining a new service team those kind of stuff those were the things we talked about i started listening to this preacher blah 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 nobody was talking about masturbation nobody was talking about addiction so i figured i was probably the only person struggling with it and then from what i know it's usually guys that struggle with such things so i figured it would be so strange that i'm a girl and i'm struggling with it too and i did not know any other girls struggling with it so i did not know whom to talk to and then i was just being i was so afraid of being judged or being condemned and i didn't want anybody to question my salvation because you know i'm in church on sunday i'm lifting up holy hands and only god knows what those same hands did earlier that week so i didn't i, I basically felt like a hypocrite but i felt like exposing myself and being vulnerable to somebody else would have been too much because i didn't think anybody would understand i didn't think anybody had been in my shoes so i was wallowing in shame and disgrace and it was horrible mentally it was a really horrible process god knows i really wanted to stop but i didn't know how and so it was wrecking my mind i was searching for answers and i was not talking to anybody so it was weird then one day in church we had a guest who openly spoke about his own struggle with lust and pornography he was so vulnerable that I just knew like this person would understand but then he's a guy and a girl so our contexts are not the same and also I'm a little wary of boy-girl relationship especially one that involves such a deep level of vulnerability but I knew this person had to become my friend and I never brought it up with him that I was struggling but I was watching him deal with his own struggles and he was strengthening me so we'd have conversations and he'd tell me the stuff he's listening to things he's doing and so I was also incorporating that in my own life and then somehow I don't know I don't really know when I became entirely free I can't say oh this was the last time I struggled with it, with it. or I can't say oh on so 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 and so date I just knew that I was free honestly I I, I don't have a specific date right it was it was really a process of trying over and over and over and over and over to quit and God helped me I, I became free but it was not like an immediate thing it was just really weird it wasn't a pretty process I had a lot of relapses along the way so maybe I would go three months being free and then like I would just stumble again and then pick myself back up and I think the struggle to get free even lasted longer than this time where i was addicted and i was not doing anything about it it took a really long time i won't even lie to you it was hard it was really hard i had to i had to basically just employ severe methods i had to place restrictions on my lifestyle my entertainment on a lot of stuff so we're getting to it into in this episode but and one of the things that made it really harder was just dealing with shame and feeling condemned and rejected. So in today's episode, we're just going to talk about, you know, handling addiction and shame and 
just putting all of them in the light of the gospel putting all of that in the light of the gospel yeah i'm hoping that you would get freedom or even if not freedom this would help you this would strengthen you in your journey towards freedom i can't give you tips that would help you become free in one week or two weeks again it's a journey it's a journey i'm still even working there are things i still don't do till date there are things i cannot do till date because i know where i'm coming from and i don't want to go back there so basically today's episode is just to talk about addiction and shame in the light of salvation in the light of the gospel and how to basically break free from them with the help of the gospel so sit tight relax and you know i'll share all i have so the first thing you need to realize in your fight against lost porn alcoholism whatever it is whatever it is you may be addicted to the first thing i think you should realize is that god does not condemn you god does not condemn you i say this with to you with all seriousness with all sincerity with all firmness like i really believe this that god does not condemn you so i remember one day after i had promised god oh i'm never going to you know do them again i'm not going to do these things again i'm not going to go back to where you've taken me from and then i had a relapse and then that day i remember just feeling really bad and terrible and horrible and then god reminded me of romans chapter 8 verse 1 it says there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus I know some versions add to those who don't walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit but then i looked up the scripture i remember later doing some research slash bible studying and i realized i think the original version is just um there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus the latter part was added by people as they were translating and over time so what that verse really says is there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're saved, you are not condemned, regardless of what you've done or what you're doing. Now, I know we've had like teachers in church. Basically, you have to live worthy of your calling. If you're saved, if you're a believer, you cannot continue to wallow in sin. That is true. But we also know that the process of breaking free from sin sometimes is exactly what it is. A process is not always instant for every person it took years to build that habit and so it might take years to get free from the habit so first of all give yourself grace and remind yourself that god does not condemn you again one of the things i really struggled with was shame i felt so shameful so so disgraceful like i felt like i disappointed god i let god down the salvation god had given me i wasn't worth it i should have given somebody else i was wasting it i could not live up to it and god had to remind me in that moment that he doesn't condemn me and then i'll use another story to buttress my point when they caught the adulterous woman in the bible and they brought her before jesus and said oh moses law says that if you catch somebody if you catch a woman in adultery you're supposed to stone her to death and jesus says okay let the let any person without you sorry let any person who is without sin among you be the first person to cast a stone and nobody did and then after a while jesus looked up and asked that woman where are your accusers and she's like they've all gone and jesus said i do not condemn you either you know get up go and sin no more that's what god 
That's what Jesus constantly says to us. When we find ourselves in such situations, he's not the first person to cast to cast a stone, even though he's you know he's qualified, he'll be right to cast a stone at us. But then the only person that can condemn us says, I don't condemn you. Stand up, go and sin no more. So every time he gives you fresh grace to go back again and fight, he doesn't condemn you. Once you are in Christ Jesus, condemnation is not for you. Condemnation is not even something that is attributed to God. God does not condemn. And so that's the first thing you need to remember in this journey that you might be walking through a process and it's hard and it's long and you're failing and flailing and stumbling, but God does not condemn you, right? He doesn't see you and say, you, you've been struggling with alcoholism for the past 10 years, cancelled. God doesn't do that to you. God, Jesus has already taken away shame for us, right? Jesus has taken away shame. There's this line from this song, Graves into Gardens. He turns shame into glory. That's the kind of God we serve. He doesn't give us shame. He takes away shame and gives us glory. Jesus has borne all the shame in his body on the cross for us. So we cannot live under shame. We cannot be condemned. All our sins were nailed to the cross with him. And when you put your faith in Jesus as a believer, Jesus has taken all your sin right and so you are not condemned if jesus doesn't condemn you nobody can condemn you there's also this verse i saw in i think first john that um i can't remember what john was talking about but then he said something that even if our conscience condemns us we know that god is greater than our conscience so you might feel bad which is an appropriate response to sin right you should not be excited that that you have committed a sin should not be excited that you know you are dealing with an addiction there's nothing exciting about it is bondage If your conscience condemns you and tells you you've done something wrong, God is greater than your conscience and God does not condemn you. Okay, so the second thing I would say is addiction and, you know, um, shame. They thrive in an environment. Addiction and shame thrive in an environment. So if you're trying to break free from addiction, if you're trying to get rid of the shame, you need to be mindful of your environment. You can't be in an environment that fosters them and then think that your efforts will be successful. No. How do you manage your environment? First of all, you need to surround yourself with godly community. So if you are far away from your church family, now is the time to go back. If you've not been to church in three months, in one year, you have to stop. You can't fight it alone. You have to be around good company. The like all these kind of things, addiction and shame, they thrive in isolation. They thrive where when the devil can get you alone and destroy you. But you don't want that, right? So you have to be around godly people. And then you need to fill your mind with the word of God. You need to fill your mind with the word of God. Because the word of God is powerful. The word of God is effective. The word of God, the Bible calls it a sword, a sword of the spirit. And so that's how you fight. So, and you need to know the word of God. You need to allow the word of God change and renew your mind. Because if you don't know the word of God, you won't know that you're not condemned. You won't know that you have victory over sin. There's this scripture that says, um, we don't owe an obligation to do what our sinful nature requires. It's somewhere in Romans. You don't owe an obligation. And that's a beautiful book to read, by the way. The book of Romans, if you're struggling with addictions, Romans 7, Romans 8, it will change your life. I remember there was a season where I was reading Romans 8 consistently every other week because I needed it. 
So anyway, back to it. <laughs> um, you don't want an obligation to your sinful nature. You, you are equipped. You have the grace of God to say no. The Bible says that by the Spirit put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. So how do you know you have the power to do all these things? When you feed your mind with the word of God, surround yourself with godly company, feed your mind with the word of God. But that's not enough, right? You also have to cut out, remove yourself from the contaminating and polluting environment. So for me, in my case, it was, I had to, I, for a season, I stopped watching movies. And for another season, all I watched were animations, like strictly for children, because I knew they were clear. Now I watch movies, but I'm very careful of the kind of movies I watch. Also, novels. To date, I barely read romance novels, because I know many of them have erotic erotic scenes, and I don't want to deal with them. So those, that, that was how I removed myself from a contaminating environment. So yeah, I don't know what it would look like in your case, if you're struggling with alcoholism or drugs. For example, you can be saying no to attending parties, because... In such environments, you don't have, it's, it's easier to give into temptation, right? So you can say, okay, parties, house parties, clubs, and all of these things, I'm taking, I'm not even, I'm taking a break. If you're not taking a break, you're quitting. <laughs> you are quitting. You don't need, because one of the things you'll find is the journey to freedom from addiction is, is lifelong. Not that, I'm not saying that you will struggle with it all the days of your life, but you are susceptible to it and so for a long time you still have to keep your checks and balances in place you can't say oh because i've not you know struggled with this addiction for two months okay i can just live anyhow Go, you still have to maintain you still have to be careful to cultivate a kind of environment that would help you stay free so yes yeah, so you're not just taking a break some of these things you have to quit completely. You have to stop and never go back. You have to stop and never go back. Till today, I would not watch a movie that has a sex scene in it. If it does and I mistakenly see it, I'm going to skip it instantly. I will not feed my eyes. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know. It's not my business, right? It's not helping me. So the last thing I would say is you need accountability. You need accountability. So the gospel says, right, when you put your faith in Jesus, salvation saves you from sin. Salvation also empowers you to stay free. That's why you have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost empowers you to stay free from sin. But you also need people to hold you accountable on the journey, which is why, again, I mentioned surround yourself with godly company. You need people to hold you along on the journey. You need people to whom you can be accountable, to whom you can tell, oh, I am struggling with so, 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 and so thin. I, I have this addiction. I'm trying to break free. People that you can, in quotes, report yourself to, like, ah, on so, so, and so, deal. I thought I was free, but then I mistakenly, you know, ended up taking one whole bottle of alcohol or something like that people that you can just that can just hold you accountable or even if you don't tell them they can check up on you from time to time and ask you how are you doing how are you holding up and ensure that such people right are people that you trust and we're not just going to be talking about you anyhow or people that will not make you feel condemned right so you need accountability that's one of the easiest ways to get to get freedom you need people to help you on this journey don't do it alone that's the mistake i made i did it alone for so many years and so my own journey towards freedom was really long it was really long it would have been much easier if i had just you know done the journey with somebody else just before we wrap up this episode i want to do a quick social media shout out to one of our favorite community members who sent in her review on social media this shout out goes to peniel here's what she said 
I finally listened to the last topic on in your last podcast. I have been postponing it for a while now, but I listened to it and it was really good. She made some realistic points and I'm looking forward to listening to more episodes. Thank you so much, Peniel. We really, really appreciate your review. Please, guys, keep your reviews coming so that more people can be aware of the podcast. You know, we can have more reach and we can grow our little community. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the reviews that have come in. I'm so grateful and I'm looking forward to more. We have come to the end of today's episode. I really hope that everything I shared was helpful to you. Um, I try to share from my personal experience and tell you my struggle, my journey rather, with finding freedom and also three things that I think you should remember while you walk along your own journey to freedom. So first thing is God does not condemn you. Addiction and shame thrive in an environment. And thirdly, you need accountability. You need accountability. I'm really praying that God helps you and brings you to a place of freedom and the Bible says that if the Son sets you free, then you are free indeed. It's not, it's not a one-time thing. Once God has set you free, you are always going to be free. Does it mean that you would not still have temptations? Absolutely not. You would have temptations, but you remember that you are free. And so you don't have to respond to the beckons of bondage anymore. Thank you for listening to this episode of Big Sister Conversations. If you liked it, please leave a review and share with your friends whom you know will find it helpful. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eniola underscore Adeko to keep up with me and keep the conversation going. Until next time, remember that God loves you and I am rooting for you. Bye.